chapter number 15. I want to preach a message. And the title of my message is, Don't Look in the Grave. Jesus is risen. Can I say it again? Don't look in the grave because Jesus is risen. On Friday we said, Jesus is dead and I'm glad. And today, Sunday, we are saying, don't look in the grave. Jesus is risen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, starting from verse number 3. Paul speaking says that, for I have delivered to you first of all, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James and then by all the apostles. Then, last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I, I am the least of the apostles who are who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but Christ, but the grace of God, which is in me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. If Christ is preached, then he has been raised from the dead. How do some of you say that he, there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witness of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise for if the dead do not rise then Jesus is not risen and if Christ is not risen your faith is futile you are still in your sins then also those who are Falling asleep in Christ have perished. And in, the, in this life, only we have hope in Christ. It, in this, if in this life we have, in this life only we have hope in Christ, then all men are most pitiable. Pitiful, pitiable, sorry. But now Christ is risen from the dead. And us become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man come a death, by man also the resurrection of the dead. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying to us 
that Jesus died for us. That was the first statement he made. In, the, in the, uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says that for all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Amen. He said, for all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, he says that for the wages of sin is death. And uh, by the gift of God is eternal life. Hallelujah. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, the Bible says that the soul that shall sin must die. Ezekiel 18, 20 says that the soul that sins must do what? Die. So follow the sequence. We have all sinned and fall, fallen short. And uh, um, 6, 23 says that for the wages of sin is death. And Ezekiel 18, 20 saying that the soul that sins shall die. And the son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the, the father, the son. Hallelujah. You, you realize that everybody, according to scripture, is supposed to die. Amen. I said everybody, according to scripture, is what? Supposed to die. Now in Romans 5, because we have all sinned. Amen. Because we have all sinned. And because we have sinned, we must die. How many have sinned? And we just read that the soul that sins must do what? Die. So what do we deserve? We all deserve death. Amen. We deserve death. But the Bible says in Romans 5, 18, that God demonstrated his love towards us that in, in that whilst we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commended his life. Now, how did Christ die for us? He died because we had sinned. He who knew no sin was made sin for us to pay our price. Hallelujah. And we know, according to scripture, there is, uh, uh, it's only in the Bible or it's only in Christianity that we can boast of a, our leader or the savior or the, the leader of the religion, if you want to call Christianity a religion, the only one who is still alive. Anthropologists, archaeologists have tried to locate the grave of Jesus. And up to today, they are still searching. Over 2,000 years on, they are still searching. We know where Muhammad was buried. We know where Confucius was buried. We know where uh, Krishna, or the, the, what's, what's the name of the ones that started uh, Hare Krishna? We know where they are buried. Nanka, is it Nanka, the Sikh? We know where they are buried. The only place that we don't know is the burial place of Jesus. Because Jesus is alive. I said Jesus is alive. He is not dead. Now, Paul was saying that he appeared unto Mary. We saw Mary Magdalene. How many remember Mary Magdalene? It was very powerful, wasn't it? He appeared first to Mary Magdalene. They saw Mary Magdalene. Jesus saw, saw and spoke to her. Then he saw, uh, he was seen by Peter. Then by the other disciples. Then by 500 people. Amen. How many will agree that according to Paul, we just read it, said that if he's not dead, then our gospel is empty. Then we are lying. Amen. 
And then if, if he hasn't resurrected, then there's no hope. We are amongst men most pitiable because all that we have believed in is a lie. Over 2,000 years of lies that has been propagated by many different people. Amen. But I want to suggest to you and I that don't look in the grave because Jesus is not in the grave. I said don't look in the grave because he is not there. You know, when Mary uh, Magdalene and the other Mary were looking in the grave, trying to find Jesus, the Bible says that he, a gardener appeared from behind them and said he was clothed in a gardener's cloth. John was saying, and it's like he was asking, why do you seek the living among the dead? You are in a dead place, in a graveyard, in a cemetery. You are looking for you cannot be looking for a living person. You must be looking for a dead person. Otherwise, you won't be in the cemetery. And uh, so he's saying, now why do you seek the living amongst the dead? If you want the living, the living you don't have to come here. Go to where living people live and, and reside, and you might find him there. Amen. And so the gardener directed Mary back to where he could, she could find Jesus. The Savior. Amen. Don't look in the grave. Tell your neighbor, don't look in the grave. He is risen. Now, how do we know that he's risen? How do we know? How do we know? What, 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 are, the, what are the benefits? What are the fruits of his rising? What does it mean to, for him to, not to be dead but to be alive? He's alive to prove to us what he said was true. I say he's alive to prove to us what he said was true. In John chapter 16, he said that it is expedient. Let me read it to you. It's expedient that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the the spirit of God, the promise of God, which is the spirit, will not come. John chapter 16 verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Amen. But if I depart, I will send him to you and he will come to you. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I was wondering, I said this on Friday, if I were to question Jesus and question God, I would say to God, why did you have to kill Jesus? He was doing a good thing. When it's not broken, why fix it? He was, the Bible says, Acts chapter 10, verse 30, he was anointed of God and he went about doing good and healing all that were sick, all that were oppressed, all that needed help. He was there to give them help. But why do you need to let him die? What is the benefit of his death? We have just learned this morning that the benefit of, the, of his death was to pay the price for us. Now, why did he have to rise? He had to rise, number one, because he needed to release the Holy Spirit. He said, if I don't go, I cannot send the Holy Spirit to you. Amen. 
If I don't go, I cannot send the Holy Spirit. Whilst Jesus was in the body, he was restricted to one place at one time. But now that he's dead and risen, he's everywhere. I said, now that he's dead and risen, he is everywhere. Amen. And now we don't need to ask uh, Peter or Mary Magdalene or the 500 apostles or the, the 500 disciples or apostles. We don't need to ask any of them. Why? Because we have the conviction of his resurrection in our, in our hearts. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it said that, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive the power after the Spirit of God has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the utmost part of the world. You are going to be my witnesses. You are going to share the love of God to everybody because I'm going to now live inside of you. Hallelujah. You know, you know I am here. You know I'm there. Because I'm now inside. It is more beneficial. It's beneficial that he died. But it's more beneficial that he, he resurrected. Amen. Because now that he's alive, we have our own witness. How many can tell the difference between before you knew Christ as your Lord and personal Savior and now that you know Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? It's like night and day. You don't need anyone. You, you, see, you may try to explain to somebody, they may not understand it, but you have your own conviction. I say you have the conviction that Christ lives inside of me and Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have our hope inside of us because we know that Christ has risen. We don't need, we don't need to try and convince you if you are not convinced. Amen. Amen. That, is, that is what makes Christianity something different from a religion. We are not searching anymore because he's in us. Every other religion is searching. Religion is man's search for God. Are you with me? Christianity is a relationship with God. That's the difference. I said that is the difference. They are, the two are not the same. When you are searching, you have to have a lot of guesses. Have you done treasure hunt before? You open this side, it's not there. You try again somewhere and it's not there. You try again somewhere, it's not there. Then you hear a rumor that noise behind you. Then you turn around and it's not there. That is what religion is. You are searching. But Christianity, we are not searching. We are walking with him. We are having a, a relationship with him. Amen. And the benefits that we have is because he's risen. Because he's alive, he talks to us. Because he's alive, he's, he's, he relates with us. He loves us and we feel loved. How many have felt loved before? You know, when you feel love, you know you are loved. Even if nobody is saying anything to you, you know you are loved. And it changes the way you walk. It changes how the, the confidence you carry. It changes everything because you know that Christ is inside of me. 
It was important that he came, he got, he came back to life. Amen. It's also important, the second reason why it's important, it's important that he's alive and not dead because now that he's alive, our conversation has changed. Luke 24. Our conversation has changed. Now we don't talk death anymore. We talk life. I said we don't speak death anymore. We speak life. In, in Luke 24, are you there? Luke 24. I know we have, we are, our time is almost up, so I'm going to be very brief today. We can continue later. Isn't that okay? It's okay. All right. I said, all right. So these two were walking. Before they knew that Christ was risen, the two of them were walking in, in Luke chapter 24. They, 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 they said in verse 24, they said, certain of those were with us. And went to the tomb. This is now they were walking, and a third person just joined them to walk. And they started asking. He asked in verse 17. Are you with me? And he said, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Just before they, they knew that Christ was resurrected, the conversation was sad. That's right. Our conversation was sad because without resurrection, our life is very sad. Then one of those whose name was Clopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which have happened in these days? And he said, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet and a, a mighty indeed and word before God and with all the people and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him and condemned him to death and crucified him. But we, are in, we were hoping, see where? Have you seen the, 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 the scripture? It says that, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all. This, today is the third day since these things happened. And it still hasn't come up. Amen. 25. Then he said to them, Oh, foolish and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Jesus Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? Then he started from the beginning at Moses to explain the scriptures concerning himself. Amen. See, uh, the resurrection changes our conversation. What we, we, we know, how things are sad. Now we are hopeful. Now we have confidence. Amen. That to be absent in this present body is to be present with God. He is the firstborn of the resurrection. Because he is resurrected, we too will resurrect. 
Because he's risen, we too will rise. We have the confidence. Our conversation is no more hopelessness. So when somebody dies in Christ, we are not like those who don't believe. We have a hope. We have a future. And our future is in Christ. Amen. We have the hope in God. Amen. Our conversation has changed. The third thing that has changed is our study of the Bible has changed. Amen. I say the study of our Bible, the, the way we study our Bible has changed. He says that, and Jesus starting from Moses to explain to them everything, everything, all foolish of hearts, all foolish of heart, to believe in all the things that prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory and beginning at Moses all the prophets he expounded to them in a scriptures the things concerning himself. Now the scriptures are expounded. You know, he says in, 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 in 1 John, he says that the unction that you have received in you makes you that you don't need anyone teach you again the scriptures. For the Holy Spirit himself will teach you now that he is risen and has released the Holy Spirit, now we have understanding. Now we understand when we read the scriptures. Now we are not veiled again. You know, when Jesus died on Friday, the Bible says that, and the veil in the, that separated the holy of holies from the holy place was torn from the top to the bottom. So that it now gives us access. Everyone access. Everyone. Everyone has, has access. If only you believe and you receive the Holy Spirit, you have access to the Holy of Holies to have an encounter with God, to hear from God himself, not to hear what he has said through the high priest. Amen. So our study of scripture has changed because we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before you read the Bible, please ask the Holy Spirit to explain to you. Before you read the scriptures, ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? Because every time you read a scripture, he speaks to you. Sometimes he speaks different. With the same scriptures, he says something different. With the same scriptures, he gives you new instructions. With the same scriptures, he gives you new revelations. Amen. So it is important that he is not dead but alive so that now our study of his word it's no longer a dead scroll. It's a living word. It's a rima word. I said it's a rima word. Now we have an encounter when we look in. Amen. When we look in, you see, you may look in the Bible and he will tell you something concerning your situation. It's different from mine. When I look in the Bible, he tells me something concerning my situation. When he looks in the Bible, he tells him something concerning his situation. We all look in the Bible, but we see different things. Because it is the Holy Spirit that is interpreting according to what we need to hear. Amen. Because he has risen, the word of God is alive. In anything that is alive grows and increases. Anything that is alive is very, very uh, unique. And dynamic, it's always changing. 
So you see, even with your, your, you, the more closer you draw to God, the closer you get to him, the more he changes the way he talks to you. The more it becomes relevant. The more it becomes open and dynamic. The more it becomes powerful. Because now you are drawing closer. So he's changing the way he talks to you. When you are far, the way you talk to a child is different. The way you talk to somebody who you are not, you are not close to is different. But the, the closer your relationship gets with a person, the closer you become, the closer now you are married, the closer you become, you, it, it's different. Now you, you can only talk with your eyes, not with your mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. But we needed Christ for that. That is why if you are here and you haven't given your life to Christ, I can, I can tell you that the scriptures are dead to you. Amen. That's how come Bible is boring. And that's how come church is boring. Because you haven't encountered the Holy Spirit yet. But when you encounter the Holy Spirit, it is not boring anymore. When you encounter the Holy Spirit, it becomes living and life. So the same word becomes powerful. Hallelujah. The same word now becomes dynamic. Same word. Same word. You may have done uh, religious studies. You may have read uh, ethics and philosophy. You may have done, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you had to contrast uh, the, the, the resurrection as said by Paul, uh, or as said by Luke against uh, Matthew or John. You may have done all that and then you, put, you can pull out the differences and the controversies and all that. But that is not the same as now reading the same scripture with the Holy Spirit. It's never the same. It is never the same. Now the scripture is alive to you. Hallelujah. Now Christ is alive. Amen. You are not reading through some dead eyes. Amen. You are reading through living eyes. The fourth thing. The fourth thing. This is the last one for today. Is that okay? He has changed our conversation. He has changed our study. Number four, he has changed our witness. He has changed our witness. Verse 45. We are in Luke 24, verse 45. Then he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Can you see that? Are you there? And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, thus is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to have suffered and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in the name, in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Amen. Amen. So now he's saying that because of the Spirit, you now have your own testimony to share with others. These people were walking hopeless. They were walking very sad. And 
he came to them, opened up the scriptures to them. And he says, now, because the scriptures are open, you have your own revelation. Use your revelation and share it with others. Amen. So you see that now, the way I will speak to somebody about my relationship, my encounter with Jesus, is different from the way she will share her experience to somebody. But the power is the same. I said the power is the same. The power is the same because we, we all have our own different encounters and witnesses inside of us. Amen. When you, rec- when you receive the, uh, Jesus into your heart and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have your own testimony. Which is very powerful to share with somebody. How many have a testimony? Of what Christ has done for you. Yeah, we all have our own testimony. Some of us, we are shy to share it. But let me tell you, your testimony is powerful enough to save somebody. Christ is risen. I said, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. There is no point looking in the grave. He is alive. Where is he? He's in our hearts. Point to your, touch your neighbor and tell him that he's, he's in here. He's in here. Touch your neighbor. And stand to your feet and tell them that he's in here. He's, he's inside, right inside. Right inside. Right inside. Hallelujah. 